Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. Who are you, Dracula? I am the great and powerful mystery. Oh, that's who you are. And I am Jay Clone 928 You moved the mic stand oh, too I had much. To, I had to see what clone number I was. What was it? 928. This is a special clone. You know why this one's so special? Mm-hmm. I don't have any answers. I thought you were going to tell me. I'm just a clone. I was created. I didn't ask for this. Holy moly. (laughs) Good one. There we go. All right. So today's episode is something we promised a long time ago. It's probably almost been a year. At least we're fulfilling it. The topics like, so we try to spread them out. Uh, Well, this is going to be Canadian devil monkeys. Ooh. Specifically the northern devil monkeys. We're going to go in Alaska, too. Okay, that's pretty much Canada. Yeah. I mean, yeah, anything up there. Uh, but before I get that, just a couple things. Just a couple things. Uh, we are so close to one million downloads. We're almost there. So for that special episode, we're going to do a Q&A episode. So either on Instagram or on Facebook, there should be a post saying, hey, po- you know, put your questions in the comments below. And, you know, we're going to pick them from there. Uh, Peyton's going to actually be going through and pulling them out for us. So we don't get a, we don't see them beforehand. So I like answering questions like that anyways. On better. the spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you get a more honest answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be the one millionth download episode. That should be either the end of this month or the very beginning of next month. Well, it just depends on you guys out there listening. Really does. Really, Ben. Share with your friends, you know? Just say, you know what? You like podcasts. You like cryptids. You don't like, like these guys. You like learning. You like having fun. Do you enjoy life? Well, here you go. I, was, I, was just, I thought you were going to go into the Charlie Manson thing. Oh. Where he just starts oh, yeah. speaking Are you nonsense. mad? Do you feel blame? So, Canadian Devil Monkeys. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
first off, I got to apologize right now. This is a ton of Native American words that will not be pronounced right once. Almost guaranteed. I'm guaranteed you'll get one of them right. I don't think so. <laughs> I read this. So normally when I do this stuff, I got a ton, tons of websites, ton of articles and pull stuff apart and find what I want and stuff like that. I actually found a website that I'm only, I only used one website after I went through all that stuff hmm. because it was a perfect one. It's mysteriesofcanada.com. Mm. And the article specifically is Devil Monkeys in Canada. I uh, didn't have an author listed. Normally, I like to shout out the author when, especially if I'm using this much of their work. Yeah. But it's just on this website. I don't know. I, there's no author associated with it. Okay. But it's pretty good. They pulled a lot of legends of the northern tribes with devil monkeys or the monkey people or the tailed people. Oh. Which is pretty unique. Yeah. A lot of Native American stories. It's going to be a, definitely a much more folklore heavy episode. Okay. Uh, so the legend of the Kitnani. That, that one I looked up, I may have said it right, the Kentadani. Okay. Uh, the idea of sort of monkeys once haunted the wilderness of North America echoes in ancient, low-known Native American tribes endemic to the southern border of Alaska and Canada, or Canada's Yukon. Anybody that's – if you're new to the show, we've talked about the Yukon several times. It's probably one of the worst places to live on Earth. <laughs> we have a couple listeners in the Yukon. Which is awesome. Which they've talked to us about it. I would love to go to the Yukon. Heck yeah. Uh, I would love to ice fish it. That'd be awesome. But it also looks horrible. And I've had my hair freeze off. I've been that cold. But you know, sometimes going through the horrible stuff is just the, some of the best things in life. I've been lost in Lake, Lake Michigan in a blizzard and stuff like yeah, that. That'd be scary. And been fine. I just sat yeah. down and started ice fishing until the blizzard was over. We're like, well, what else are you going to do? Right. Yeah. I've run enough propane for a couple days and... We can cook over the propane as long as you keep catching fish. Right. That's the key right there, yeah. Hopefully your hole's drilled in the right spot. That's the same day I fought a bald eagle for my fish. You what? Fought a bald eagle for my fish. Oh, you fought one? Yeah, because I caught a burbot, my first burbot ever. Yeah. And people, some people really hate burbots, so they throw them to the eagles. Yeah. So I put my burbot on the ice so it'd freeze, and this eagle, I'm, I am might be like three, four feet away from my fish, and I just hear... <laughs> I turn around, this eagle is barreling down at me. Bald eagle? Yeah. Going for the fish. Yeah. I had to stand in front of the fish, and he was like sizing me up and stuff like that. <laughs> so I put the fish in the shanty with me. Yeah, like, uh-uh. You ain't having this and one. He wouldn't leave us alone the whole day until the blizzard started. Well, yeah, he knew. But about 15 minutes before the blizzard, he took off, and I'm like, huh, I wonder where he went. <laughs> and then it snowed so hard, he couldn't see like four feet. It's like they know. Yeah, well, they do. So the unnerving oral tradition appears to have its origins in, in the watershed of the uh, Cooper River, a remote valley tucked away between the Wargnall, Churka, St. Ellis Mountains of the, south, of the southeastern Alaska, historically and currently inhabited by many members of the Anthena Nation. According to the Anthena, vicious long-tailed men once lived in the Manchinal Mountains in southeastern Alaska in its caves along the, Ta the Tandana Creek. Oh, there's a lot of words. Yeah, it sounds like it. But I know the area you're talking, at least. Yeah, uh, the Cooper River is a really famous fishing destination. Oh, really? It's extremely hard to get to, hmm. but that's probably why it's so good. Right, yeah. The Anathena. I think that's how you say their tribe name. I'm apologizing if I'm getting it wrong. Oh, gosh, I just forgot. The Katnari, is that how I said it earlier? Sounds sounds familiar. Katnari. Uh, now I've already messed it up. Is a word which translates to roughly the tailed ones or the monkey people. Hmm. One version of the legend appears in a 1997 book, In the Shadows of the Mountains, by the Cooper River native John Salmaser. 
Another rendition was told by the Anthena native Fred and Katie John. Appeared in uh, a book called... Okay. This book's name is Fully Native American. Oh, boy. And it's just one word. And it's probably got 32 letters in it. (laughs) It's like a Hawaiian name, huh? Yeah. Uh, The Tatawanatina Nini. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. The Headwaters People uh, Country is what it kind of translates to. Okay, let's stick with that. But yeah, so they, you know, they had these tales of these once uh, long-tailed men that were kind of human-like. They walked on their hind legs, but they were hairy all over. They did not wear any clothes, and they had long tails. The Catanina are also said to be vaguely human-like in appearance. It had body hair, they said. There is no hair on their faces, though. They say its face is like that of a man. Its hands were like man hands. It had a long tail. They said it was a big as a tall person. And this is what, uh, and that is what I've heard about them, is hmm. the quote. Several hundred years go by, as the story goes, members of the Antonina band together who camped at the confluence of these rivers at a site in present-day uh, Salmon, Alaska, began to mysteriously disappear. So this is a full, one of their oral traditions we're going to go into. Okay. Uh, this is a pretty cool story. Yeah. You ready? I think so, yeah. So according to Reverend Arthur R. Wright, a half-Dane... Uh, Absperklani missionary who lived along the Antonina in the early 1900s, whose version of the legend first appeared in February 7th in 1924's issue, the Coverda Daily News. The disappearances began shortly after a dog brought home a fresh tail of a fish into camp. Uh-oh. So they don't know what the dog left and brought home somebody's clean fish. Oh, the tail of a fish. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Like, the, like a carcass of a fish. Yes. Uh, which, you know, to most people would be like, oh, this is done with it, but maybe not if you're a, a wild man. Right, yeah. You may be still eating it. Yeah. So they, that, that's when that's where it all hell broke loose. Uh-oh. These original unremarkable remains aroused the curiosity of the Anthonina. As they were homely engaged in hunting caribou at the time, it had not caught any fish this season. Hmm. But it was clearly it was, you know, di- like dissected like they would. Suspecting another band had encamped nearby, several Anthena scouted ahead on the Cooper River towards the headwaters located near their mysterious neighbors. They never returned from their excursion. Oh, no. Okay. More disappearances took place in the area through the ensuing, uh, the ensuing months. The first Anthonina to vanish were always children who strayed too far from camp. Next, it was the women who went missing bearing, who went missing berry picking. Before long, the elders also began to disappear from their tents at night. Even grown men who dared to venture too far from the fire's light at night would vanish mere feet from camp without a noise. That's crazy. Okay. So dozens of people have gone missing now. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's, once again, this is an oral tradition. Oh, it's, this, the first time it was written is 19, what did I say, 24 was the first time it's ever appeared written. Okay. Yeah, so very freaky so far. Very much, it almost seems spiritual. Yeah. You know, they're... I mean, wouldn't it be scary if you just stood up to go pee, like just barely out of the fire's light? Yeah, I mean, not a noise. On, depending on what happened, yeah, because you think one of them would scream or something, mm-hmm. but or something. I don't know. The in, or the disappearances increased to such an extreme measure that the Anthony of the fear their entire band might soon be forced to abandon the country completely. Mm-hmm. One day, an Anthathena hunter had been out in the bush, raced back to camp, breathless from his exhaustion and terror. He told his friends, then family, that he'd seen a man-like creature with a long tail 
perched upon a particular fallen tree. On the so one uh, one of the band's young warriors, whom legend describes as being especially courageous and intelligent, suspected that the tailed ones he followed his tribemen had seen in the woods were responsible for the mysterious disappearances that had plagued his people. He resolved to track the creatures to the den and kill it. Hmm. Okay, good plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure this is going to end very well. I'm for who? Sh- the guy going down the track down a tr- creature and kill it. Yes. So the young warrior followed his companion's trail to a downed timber and found a pair of strange tracks leading into the woods. He followed the paw prints to a hidden trail, which cut through the forest and proceeded down a secret path. So basically, he found like a game trail, but it was like hidden off. Okay. Uh, and this is something that's kind of described with some of our uh, Ohio grassman and stuff like that. These woven trails mm-hmm. is kind of what they're describing here. Like you can't see them from the outside, but once you're well, in, them. in them, you're like, oh, this is a whole, this is a whole tunnel. Yeah. Uh, where was I? So as he walked, he covered his own footprints with grass. So if he was pursued, he would, or if he was pursued, would go unnoticed by any observer and enemies that who might be trailing behind him. According to the version of this legend in which the Reverend had learned, uh, the brave man came across a large grass rope stretched across the trail. Components of a primitive trap, which he had managed to avoid springing. That's odd. Okay. So a little more intelligent than, yeah. you know, they set up a trap. After following the tracks for some time, the brave man came to the, uh, that, no, I'm sorry. The brave man came to what is now the Fred and Kate John as identified as the South Hill in present day Alaskan village of Bart's Nonimates, which sits on the, uh, the Tanaja Creek just upriver of the junction of the Cooper River, about 14 kilometers south of their original town. There the warrior supplied a handful of tailed men in the distance. According to the reverend's version of the legend, the creatures used their tail to propel themselves, almost curling it between their legs and springing forward in such a manner to push forward themselves like a kangaroo. Wow, okay. So very odd. Yeah, but... F- almost it- Japanese and Southeast Asia legends. Yeah, it, more frightening. There's... They're propelling, they're jumping around on their tails. Yeah, gosh. That would be a nice little speed boost, though. Careful to avoid detection, the brave man picked his way through the forest and placed himself windward of the creature so they would not pick up his scent. Mm. That accomplishment, he claimed, or so he climbed to the tree and concealed himself in the upper branches. From his high perch, he had clear view of the monkey people, who he described uh, were playing a game of some sort with a ball shrieking a hideous delight as they rolled this round object back and forth to each other. Mm, so wait, hold on. It's not a ball, is it? It's not a ball. After watching the game for some time, uh, the brave man realized it, with a thrill of horror and rage, the ball of the tailed ones that we're gleefully playing with was a recently decapitated head of yep. a young man who went missing the day before. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, okay, yeah. These guys just having fun, having, you know, playing a game. Oh, it's a head. It's a head. It's a head. No sooner than the warrior made an ap- this ap- appalling observation, it began to rain hard. Appearing to dislike the water, the tailwinds abandoned their sport and headed further up the trail. The young man scrambled down the tree and followed them quickly, pers- trying to maintain a safe distance. Eventually, though, more monkey people came, or the monkey people came to a cliff, which they ran up the banks of the Copper River. Or Cooper River, I'm sorry. Near the top of the uh, embankment, there were eight caves, each with a significantly wide enough to accommodate an adult human. One by one, the Katanani climbed up the cliff and disappeared into these caverns. Okay. 
Certainly he discovered the den of these creatures that had been killing his people. The young man ran back uh, to camp. So I'm going to finish the rest of this legend myself. Okay. Because this is the fun part. Well, it's pretty So he ran crazy. back to camp. Yeah. Any thoughts so far? It's, I mean, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty brave to follow him all the way back to home base. That's like a death sentence, but... I mean, he doesn't have a lot of other options. Yeah. Their tribe is being decimated. Right, yeah. I mean, there's not... You got to either kill these things or you guys are going to get wiped out. Right. Literally, people are walking away from the fire 10 feet and whoop. Dead. Disappearing. Elders are getting stolen out of their tents at night. Yeah, that's not good. Inside the community. like That's not good. Yeah. So he he goes back to camp and he tells everybody, hey, I've seen these creatures. Here's what they are. Here's how big they are. Uh, here's where they're living. Right. Let's go kill them. So what they do is they get a big war party together, men, women, and even children, because, uh, they, they, you know, they don't have many members left. And you're stronger together. Yeah. They go all the way up. And what they do is it's still pouring rain. They have men standing on each side of these holes. They take burning, like, sage baskets to create a lot of smoke, and they fling them into these caverns. So it starts smoking them out. Mm -hmm. The monkey men can only come out one by one. So they just start stabbing them to death. As they come out. Yeah. But these guys are so violent and so crazy, they still lost two tribe members. Yeah. With this, like, single file of just stabbing the monkey guys as they're coming out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this spot is still famous to this day. Really? You can go see the caverns. Oh, no, screw that. Yeah. So there's still dot along the cliff faces. People that are fishing the river and traveling the river can still find this exact spot. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's renowned as the battle between the Anthena and the monkey men. That's craziness. So is that the, is that the end of the story? Yeah. So these pits, uh, just, they found all kinds of charcoal in the bottom of them and stuff like that. These holes, these caverns. But yeah, that's kind of the end of this first one. I mean, they ex- did they explore inside the caverns after the fact? I yeah, mean- that's what I'm saying. The modern day, people went in there and found these giant burn pits and stuff like hmm. that from these, what probably was the Anthonina, throwing all this stuff down them to burn, to get smoke them out. Oh, I gotcha. So you don't think the monkey people were having fires? No, I, th- I think, I don't think they needed fire. Like, it's like Sasquatch. You know, they don't, not saying they're not smart enough to have a fire or start right. a fire. They just don't need it. Yeah, I get it. I just wonder what these things actually were, though. Is it some primitive, uh, you know, like we, like we talked about in an episode, we don't have a North American monkey. That was the first devil monkey episode. Was it that one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't have one. Is this another, is this what was here? Is this just a remnant? Or is this like a high, we just did an episode on a Patreon, or it's coming out on Patreon, all right? The hybrids episode? Oh, yeah. That's this week. Is it? Is this a hybrid between maybe it's a couple different types of monkeys or is it a human monkey hybrid somehow that made its footing? I don't know. Like an eight. I don't know. I don't know. This is weird. So that's that first one I have for you. Yeah. The next one's going to be the legend of the teaching. Oh, okay. Which are another devil monkey. Yeah. And once again, it's weird thread of the devil monkeys. Yeah. Is there not for, they're never nice. No. You know, Sasquatch legends in North American culture spread far and wide in variety, from being easygoing to being secretive to, to being, being protectors. Like, if you don't mess with them, they won't mess with you kind mm-hmm. of deal, long as you pay them their tribute. Like, a lot of the Michigan ones 
have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Where like when they would salmon fish with nets and stuff, as long as you left a couple salmon for them out, they wouldn't mess through nets. Yeah. And stuff like that. Uh, double monkeys almost always seem to be like dog men. Yeah, it's just bad news. Bad news. Like the rock apes. Yeah. Like, not good. And not too far from that account right there. Like, I mean, it's not. The rock apes never killed anybody as far as we know. Yeah. Part, like, I mean, location-wise, it's not too terribly far. It's on the same side of the country. The rock apes? Yeah. Aren't, weren't that up in, wasn't that Oregon or Washington? No, that's Vietnam. N- then not what I'm thinking of. The 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 place where, like, the it was the lumberjack, and they were out in the cabin. And like, Portlock. Not that one. No, that's the canning. That's the cannery. The one where they're, like, throwing rocks down on the cabin, like, boom, boom, boom. Ape Canyon. Ape Canyon. There we go. That's what it was. Not too terribly far from here, but kind of similar Probably 4,000 miles. No, come on. The country ain't even hardly that wide. That's a coast-to-coast difference. I don't think you mean... I don't think you realize how far up in Alaska and the Yukon are from the continental U.S. It's still northwest U.S. and then Alaska, southeast Alaska. I bet you it's at least 3,000 miles. <laughs> Gosh. It's relative. They're close. Look it up Why I start to They're close. Up. All right. Look up Ape Canyon to the Cooper River. I will indeed. Okay. It's probably really far. Well, you just continue on, then I'll inform you the when teaching. I figure out. Yeah, the teaching. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. Although the, the, although the legends <laughs> of the, the Catanani have been described as very regional and unique to the Anthena oral history, uh, and the work of the 19th century and 20th century entomologists clearly indicate a number of Native American tribes throughout the northwest corner of North America share traditional beliefs of a predatory tailed men who once proud Alaskan Yukon wilderness. So like he's saying, this is a very common thread across a lot of these tribes. Okay. One of the earliest references to the belief that appeared in a book called The Inhabitants of the Northwest Coast of America. In 1839, an anthology that was written by Brandon Ferdinand. Uh, basically, he was the governor and the czar of the, or he was the governor of the czar-backed Russian American company. Okay. Which one, do, which dominated the fur trade in the Pacific Coast. In his book, he wrote that the uh, the Tanana Indians of Central Alaska, whose traditional uh, homeland lies in the Anthena Territory, and the Inkaka, which is the the pronunciation of that, I, I good luck. That one's wrong. Well, you've already pre-warned everyone. <laughs> whose territory lies uh, northwest of this, basically. They all believe a man-like creature called the, now here's one for you, the Chatnat, which lives in the caves underground. According to this information, all these monsters have tails and are covered in beast fur. It is mentioned that the Chatnat bear a uh, close resemblance to these other monkey men. Uh, but yeah, if the Chantanet legend may have been a most fierce or fanful establishment of a powerful neighbor. So one of the thoughts is that they were kind of monsterizing or villainizing a neighboring tribe. Okay. And kind of giving them monster traits, and that's where this tradition may have come from. Okay. But nobody's really sure. But it was very, it's very much similar to the monkey men of the other local tribes. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but that's kind of that for that one. There's a lot of back and forth there even if the uh, the Tichichin are real or they're villainizing a neighbor. Okay. The tailed people of other, you know, Yukon territories. Uh, a man named McKinnon went on to describe uh, how members of a particular... Now, here's one. Oh, boy. The Gwich'in tribe of northern Alaska who lived on the shores of uh, Chardlander Lake 
believe in somewhat similar to an ogre, which is described by more uh, you know sophisticated information as looking like a monkey. The Ikanuk Indians of the Cooper River Delta seemingly held a hairy man-like animal hunted their own territory. This creature, however, in mechanics' opinion, more closely resembles a gorilla than a monkey, since it lacks a tail. Okay. So maybe Bigfoot. You think so? I know, but... Oh, okay. But, I mean, no tail. Mm-hmm. Sure not. I mean, there you go. That's something. Uh, other tribes, like the Tinanaya and the, the Talatan, also believed in a tailed man-like creature, who was, later was described as monkey people. McCannon suggested that their beliefs call into mind the writings of Father Emmert Pollard, and a, a, a minister who lived among the Eastern Dane Indians of the Mackenzie River in Canada's Northwest Territories in the late 1800s. In several of his notes and letters, he described an old slaver Dane legend that controlled the, the ancestors of the Mackenzie River's natives that migrated along from the watery lands populated by these hairy-tailed men. Later in his book, McKinnon implied that the natives of the Yukon made a distance between the monkey men and the brush men, a legendary man-eating wild man who was the old Klondike prospector identified as the Munholy Man or the Nakanik of the Northwestern Territories. So basically what he's getting at is there is a difference between the wild man and these monkey people. Okay. And like we've talked about with Bigfoot, especially in the Northern Territories, I wouldn't be scared of seeing a Bigfoot in our part of the country. Right, but up, up in... Up, up there, calories are much more... Hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what these legends are getting at. It's almost, yeah. I mean, we get to uh, just examples off the top of my head. One, you already mentioned it, Portlock. Not a good kind of Bigfoot area you want to be caught in, but northern, it's mm-hmm. up north. Uh, the Dietloff, whatever you feel about that. If it, Let's say it is a Bigfoot Yeti or something like that. Not something you want to be uh, around. That's in Russia, right? The mm-hmm. Dietloff, northern, harsh climate. Just two, two off the head. Not good. Are you enjoying this so far? It's it's interesting, and I, I also I just up, feel bad for Native Americans. Well, they pro- but they knew how to deal with this stuff. No, I though. mean for me mispronouncing everything. Oh, oh, that part. Yeah, they'll never. Because even the the phonetic pronunciation, like little guides, it's hard. It's, yeah, there's still like little marks in there that I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. I mean, it's it comes with a a learning disability that the. You know, and I, I looked up Mount St. Helens to the, I can't get an actual, You like you said, how hard it is to get to. I did directions on the map and they said there's no route. You, you can't you drive can't. there. But there it is, like visually. I mean, I gave you a little, that little red dot when there's Mount St. Helens. It's relatively close. What is that? 2,000 miles. Well, no, no, no. That's just, no. no that's that's 2,000 miles. That's from here. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not a difference between those two. There's no connection. That's two Mount St. Helens from here is 2,000 miles. And we're on the other side of the country. But remember, that's a traditional map. It's not right. Yeah, I know. This is stretched out, too. Like, no, it's one of those fake maps. It's, so. cl- it's bigger towards the equator. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's true. That's what I'm... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That means that the distance is even closer. No, it's farther. No, it's not. Yeah, the equator. This is, that's why Alaska looks small on the map, when it's actually humongous. You have this completely backwards. No, you... And come on. You know you're doing this on purpose. <laughs> no, I think you're this wrong. This is mis- dis and... Uh, what's another information? Hey! Can't silence <laughs> the, the legend of the Kushnanak. Silencing me! That's when that's where the buttons are on my side. Uh, see how this is? So another, another northern devil monkey. The legend of the Kushnanak. Another Ooh. hairy long-tailed hominid of the northwest legend is the Kushnanak. 
sometimes referred as the Kushnika, or land otter man. <laughs> a man-like otter or otter-like man, which I think it's funny, the author. Yeah, which I can't decide. Oh, I mean, are you going to sit there and try to look at it really hard? Long enough to figure out. <laughs> which you is know. said to reside in the Alaskan panhandle. So this is actually, uh, Portlock got blamed on this thing, and there's even landslides attributed to this thing in relatively recent history. Mm-hmm. According to the Scott, Cana- Scott Canadian arthropologist, James, okay, I really think his last name is Tit. Okay. How did it spelled? Uh, James T-I-E-T. T-I-E. It might be Tiet. Tit? Tiet. Tiet? Yeah. That's probably it. Of the Taliban Tales, published in October, uh, uh, October and December of 1921's issue of the Journal of American Folklore. Could be tight. Some ang- or some Indians in speaking English called them monkey people. The Kushnitnek uh, was believed to be a kind of spirit which preys upon people who become lost in the wilderness, like the fairies of Celtic folklore. Mm-hmm. They chase their victims with hallucinations and become they so the people can become crazier and wander more aimlessly. Some lure lost humans into a watery or subterranean abodes in which they imprison them forever or eat them. Wow. So very fey folk, but also yeah. very almost puck esque yep. yep. Not good. No, no. Not good at all. And it's that part of Alaska that's just like, uh, yeah, don't go there. It sucks. <laughs> just don't go. Alaska has the most disappearances of anywhere in the U.S. And there's uh, many it- factors as to why. Many. Isn't it like one in a, is it one in 500 or one in a thousand go missing every year? I I don't know. And I, I don't think I want to know, to be honest. Which, I would love to go visit Alaska, but I, I guess I better learn how to defend myself. Just don't go, like, stay on the cruise. Yeah. Don't get off the beaten path. Yeah. I don't, don't look for, for otter men or man otters. Like I said, I have, I still have. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Friends up in Alaska that are... I have friends that are Alaskan natives. Hmm. Uh, well, Frank Wotel. Shout out, Frank. He was, my, uh, he was my professor. Now he's my friend. Big ethologist. Wow. And ain't it just funny how so, life goes? I'll tell you a little story real fast. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to convince me to come work at his fish hatchery up in Alaska, uh-huh. and they only get one plane in a week or a month. They get yeah. one plane in a month. You can order supplies. You basically get a two by two foot square to fill in. Okay. So almost all the guys that order anything, it's like that doesn't count your food and stuff like that. Like that comes in like they, but it's for personal goods. Right. If it's two cases of beer, that's pretty much everybody buys. So you get is two cases of beer for the month, hmm. and you're not allowed to shoot the grizzlies. Where they're at. Yeah. Like, literally, you got to fly into this fish hatchery and fly out. Yeah. You live there for, like, six months out of the year. And you're not allowed to shoot grizzlies. And he's like, yeah, we've had them, like, they'll just, like, 
destroy the fence one day and they'll be standing in the, the salmon runs and just eating all your fish. And you can shoot them with a salt shotgun. And he's like, most of the time, it depends on how big the grizzly is. Sometimes they don't even notice. Yeah. And he's like, the only time you're really allowed to shoot them is if they like start breaking down your door. Yeah. Yeah. But it really sucks when you just watch them eat six months of hard labor. They need a giant, uh, like a big giant uh, stuffed bird or something that they just have swinging from strings that just loaded and ready. And then when a bear comes in, you play over the loudspeakers, just the most skin curling screech and let this thing just swing down like a big pendulum. That would scare off any animal, I would think. I don't know. Bears are like that right mix of dumb and brave. (laughs) Yeah. Well, come on, a big screeching like. Ah. So I just watched a video of a grizzly. Like they were trying, to, they had this deer carcass hanging, and they electrified it. Okay. And this grizzly bear kept coming in and getting electric and, and run away. <laughs> but he keep going and then back. He came back, back, and then finally he went to the tree and found the wire, and ripped the wire out. Oh. And then he went and ate the carcass. Jeez, yeah, they are dumb, or not dumb? They are smart. I mean, they'll figure it. out. They just <laughs> yeah. won't give up. Right. Exactly. Persistent. Ready for the next one? Yeah. The Land Otter Sisters. Who's sisters, huh? Yeah, American anthropologist John R. Swanton included a number of traditional Tinganot Kunoskin tales in his, 19, or his 1909 book, The Tinganot Myths and Text. Oh, cool. Several of these stories make frequent mentions of the potential tale of the Kushtanotnik was said to possess. One story, of example, tells of a woman who was saved from drowning by one of these creatures and taken to the realm of the land otter man mm. where she transformed into a female version. Wow. She married a land otter man and had many children and all of which retained significant uh, resemblance to ma- uh, maternal heritage that passed the human being to the casual observer. So they look like people. Wow. Uh, from their waist up, Wharton wrote, they look like human beings, but from below the waist, they were otter. Interesting. Okay, like a like and, a. And if you want to say that, what? Why are we comparing otters to devil monkeys? Once again, no monkeys in North America, right? Otters probably the best close thing to call them. Okay, especially in the northern territories. Yeah, I mean otters. If you want to like, even some of the bigfoots are called otter men and stuff like that. It reminds me of like satyrs, too. Kind of you mm-hmm. know, man up upper half or uh, what are the? I think it's a goat or is it deer? Those are goats. The satyrs. Yeah. Um, what are the half horse, half man? Uh, minotaurs. Minotaurs, yeah. Same no, minotaur. Thing. No, you're right. It's minotaur. No, that's the that's the bull. Bullhead. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking centaurs. of centaurs. Centaurs, you're right. Centauro from Mortal Kombat. Centaur. What, what was I thinking? Centaur. I mean, same thing. I wonder. If, there's just something weird to that. Like upper body, you know, humans with lower half animals. Hmm. All right. Uh, one day, the woman took her children to visit her brother, who had long since given up her or given her up on her for being dead. Although initially shocked by her strange otter-like appearance, the brother welcomed his, her, his sister back into his home and introduced him to his own children to their tailed cousins. Wow! During their visit, the sisters' tailed children helped their uncle catch uh, quantities of devilfish and octopus, which he had used as for fishing bait. There is an implication that these children used their tails to accomplish this, along with other chores, which made their uncle ask them to help him assist with, evoking a useful prehensile tail unique in the New World monkeys. That's pretty awesome. So this is leaning more towards why it's more like a monkey and not like an otter. Right. Is that their tails were able to function like an arm. Do What are otters? 
Otters have tails. Big tails. Really? Why can I picture that in my head? What do you mean? I don't know. They're, it's just not, I can't picture that. I don't know why. And they I've have, seen it's otter. It's almost like a big rudder. Okay. It's much more stiff. It's, you know, it's like a big rudder. I got to look it up now. I got to see it. Next one I got for you is the Gordon's Ferry Sighting. Ooh. To many current members of these tribes and the First Nations of Alaska, the Yukon, and British Columbia, the Kushnek remains a very real threat to travelers who lose their way in the Pacific Northwest. The tailed ones of the Anthena and the Tanana folklore, on the other hand, are generally regarded as monsters of the legendary past, no more feared by modern men than cave lions and saber-toothed tigers. Even at the campfire stories of a predatory cave-dwelling monkey man of the Cooper River, and the truth of, uh, it has a truth at its core, it, any potential dangers posed by the Cantanani is supposed to have been uh, quashed generations ago, and the last of the tailed men were wiped out in the shadows of the Monstantine Mountains. Um, let me jump in real quick. Is it the Cooper River or Copper? Cooper, right? Uh, spell it real quick. Oh, Copper. It is Copper. Okay, you said it earlier. Because when I was looking it up, a Copper River kept popping up. It's copper, copper. River. I'm like, hmm, and I'm just, yeah, it's probably just Copper. All right, just clearing that up because you'll probably get a comment about it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we are, hey, Mr. Commenter, we just covered it. Just we, the one guy. Yeah, you just put I your, don't know why he's still listening. Put your thumbs down and just listen on this one. We got it corrected. So despite the uh, reassurance of native folklore, sightings of these mysterious monkey-like creatures still are reported from time to time in the wilderness of North America. Distinguishably from these reports and other hairy wild men that mention of a tail. So that's what, you know, the big difference between a Bigfoot-like thing or a wild man and these guys are the big tail. Yeah. The sightings have, you know, nonetheless made their way in the collections of classic Sasquatch sightings. So the author goes into this may be, you know, a big problem with really researching these guys is they're going to get lumped in with Sasquatch. I can see that. Uh, For example, uh, this author Green describes the experience of a young man named Gordon Ferry who claimed to have seen these monkey-like creatures near his home in the Marnak River, a tributary of the Squashian River, not far from the town of Squashian, British Columbia. He saw the animal one morning in June of 1969, standing in a ditch across the road from his house. It was covered with hair, walked on two legs, and appeared to have a bushy tail. Later, Ferry discovered strange three-toed uh, tracks in the ditch where the creature had stood. He measured them 15 inches in length and had a hand span in breath. Uh, his finished report claiming that dogs in the area acted very upset on many occasions. An article on June 11, 1969, in the issues of their local newspaper, identified Ferrier as a border of Paul, uh, as a borderer of Paul Gunter and his wife Norma, who lived in a no-name road just south of this area, just upriver. According to this article, Ferrier first saw this creature three weeks earlier, mid-May 1969, and after it ripped open a window at the Gunter's farmhouse. Ferry investigated the combination and saw the mysterious creature disappear into the bushes near the back of the house. He estimated it to be five foot eight inches in height and described it as having a long tail covered in brownish red fur. Mm. On the following day, Mrs. Gunther and her children stayed home from their neighbors, fearful of the unwanted visitor might return. Their fear was justified during their absence, so they went to the neighbor's house and stayed there. Uh, their fear was justified. During their absence, someone or something entered their home through the window, left a pile of moss on the floor before departing. Ah, okay. Not Probably not good. Pile of moss, huh? About a week later, at 6.15 a.m., Gordon, Fair, uh, Gordon Ferry 
looked up from the Gunther's dining room window and saw the same creature he had spotted before standing in the bush across from the house. He described it having a small pointed ears, reddish fur, and pushed its face, or had a, a pushed up face like a, a Pekingese dog. Perkinese? Not too sure what that is. Pekingese? Pekingese? What's a Pekingese dog? I feel like I've heard it before. I can't picture it. It does sound familiar, doesn't it? And, uh, and it was walked erect on two legs. Uh, startled, he called for Paul, who arrived at the time to see the long tail, and it was shocked by the reddish hair uh, disappear into the bushes. The two men... There's your dog. Oh, yeah. Pekingese. Like a big stub face. Yeah. Went outside to investigate. Found tracks that were deep enough to be left by a 300-pound animal or more. <laughs> Mrs. Gunther reported the incident to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police who took a plaster cast of the strange footprint before destroying the original with a rake. <laughs> Destroyed it with a rake? The, oh, the oh sorry. The, the cast. Pay attention. Get sorry. off your phone. I'm the Pekingese. I was distracted. They look like furry pugs. It's, they are furry pugs, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, they the bounded police came and casted it and then destroyed so the original. Destroyed it. Okay. Uh, on the evidence of the Mounties, Mr. Gunther hung a bag of contaminated bread and honey from a tree outside of her home in order to determine whether the creature was a bear or not. The bag remained untouched until... What is it? Winnie the Pooh? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. <laughs> now you made me lose my <laughs> Sorry, spot. Sorry, that's the first thing I thought of. With a jar of honey. But yeah, the bag remained untouched, which made it uh, was not a member of the Ursine family. Mm, okay. Yeah, because I would have ate that up yeah, immediately. Yeah, they're, they're going to eat whatever. Yeah. According to the article on June 5th, 1969, an issue of the Vancouver Sun... Uh, they reported, they described the police were being uncooperative, claiming that they treated them like they were uh, completely crazy. Well, the police probably didn't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. But the man of police came in. Yeah. So, devil, what do you think of this case? Like, this thing is looking in. It broke into the house, left a pile of moss. moss. Yeah. It's got the tail. So, compared to Sasquatch, Sasquatch loved watching kids. So, she had a, they had small kids in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think 90% of the time it's anything bad by watching kids. I think it's just fun. Yeah. I just, you know, kids are goofy. They're doing, they're making crazy noises. They're doing, you know, they're running around. So it's just like they're bored. It's fun to watch. It's good energy. Mm-hmm. It's good energy. Devil monkeys, I don't think it's good. Okay. Because they're very similar, in my opinion, to, to baboons and mandrills. Some, yeah. Now, I think in all these cases we just listened to or you listed off, some seem like, yeah, bad devil monkeys. Like, I feel like all, especially the name devil monkey, it's just bad already. But some of these don't seem like they're the same thing at all. And some seem like more, not Bigfooty, but, you know. I think it was coming for the kids. Okay. Just scouting it out? No, I think it was, like, it broke into the house. It kept looking in the windows. I think, so baboons are famous for stealing human babies. Yeah. And eating them. Oh, gosh. And I think that's what this thing was going to do with the kids. There's, and there, it was waiting for its opportunity. To so Farrier came over, and because he's seen the first, you know, he seen it the first time he came over and was like, "All right, the, the, they went and stayed at the neighbor's house." Yeah. And he was staying in their house with the with the husband. Yeah. And it kept looking in the windows, and it, you know, it was waiting for the, I, my opinion, waiting for the kids to come back. And yeah, and seize the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that video? It was like uh, somewhere in Asia or India or somewhere, just little like toddlers, little, you know, little kids playing on the street. And, you know, I forget what country it is where those monkeys are just, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tourists, you know, you can't – and you're not supposed to do anything to them. One just runs up, grabs a little girl by the ankle, and just starts running off with her, mm-hmm. like, dragging her. And she's just, like, trying to 
stop it, but it's just pulling her until finally some people like run at it and scare it off and it lets go of the girl and takes off running. But he was just gonna he was abducting that little girl. Oh, they'll eat they'll eat anything. Yeah. They're monkeys uh in primates are scary. Yeah. Like bonobos and gorillas are scary. Like Mm-mm. primates are not good to be around. No. No. But remember, Bigfoot's a manatee. Yes, big difference. Big di- big difference. Big softies. No, and even the you know the continental U.S. Uh, monk, devil monkey sightings are all scary. Yeah. Oh like yeah. They're attacking cars. They're running at you. So, what's happening? So I got a little list. Oh okay. This is dog man, or vice versa. Just straight up. Just uh, that's a big thought in my, especially in my head. When you look at like a baboon like creature. Yeah. Having, you know, a very, they look, baboons look like halfway between a human and a German shepherd. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Uh, very aggressive, very intelligent. Uh, but they love eating people. They love eating kids. <laughs> uh, playing with the head and stuff like that. That's, yeah. Gosh. And how much, I mean, really, when you look at a dog, man, they hunch back, you know, these, these big forward arms. They very are much baboon like, just big. Yeah. So I could see that these devil monkeys and dog man maybe not fully are always the same thing, but a big crossover. Well, we don't know too how much. Let's say I mean if these are roaming around, obviously they're in few numbers or they're very very secretive. We don't know what uh, is uh, like crossbreeding or what's mixing and matching. You know, in these circles, it could be a whole bunch of different ones, and then they, I don't know, if they crossbreed, you got whole other variants and just different things running around. You can't really put your finger on it. Yes. Your phone rang. <laughs> Sorry. It distracted us all. It was kind of scared me. I thought it was mine, and I was like, oh, the wife's yelling. It's not me. <laughs> uh, so cryptologist Lauren Coleman detailed several devil monkey sightings in his book in 1983, Mysterious America. The first story, which Coleman discovered, was with Jesse W. Harris, an article, Myths and Legends of Southern Illinois. We have some lower ones. While hunting squirrels along the Gum or Gum Creek near the city of Mount Vernon, Illinois, a preacher whom Coleman identified as Reverend Marsh was approached by a large animal that looked something like a baboon, which leaped out of a tree and began walking towards him. The, reveal, uh, the Reverend struck the creature with the barrel of his shotgun and fired several shots in the air, successfully fighting it off. Okay. Down in Gum Creek, Illinois. Yeah. Been there. Really? Yes. <laughs> why am I not? Why am I not surprised? I've probably been in every creek in Illinois. That's okay. Fair enough. Four four years, four months out of the year in Illinois, doing watershed work from the Chicago River all the way down to Gum Creek. Gum I've never Creek. seen them all. <laughs> Sometime after the preacher's encounter, though, local farmers reported hearing a blood curling shriek at night, which <sighs> seemed to be <laughs> emanating from the wooden bottomlands along the area's creek. Hunters began seeing strange tracks during this that resembled a dog uh, for one of the farmers. Uh, so, yes, it looked kind of like a dog mixed with a human. And then a dog was killed Okay, by some mysterious predator. Okay. Uh, it was kind of ripped apart. The dog was. Yes, very land between the you, lakes. I was just going to say that. I was going to mention that earlier when some of these, but. So they were fearful there was a panther on the prowl. The group of locals band together to resolve and kill the creature. As soon as it became clear the strange nocturnal screamer was no wildcat, uh, one day a driver claimed to see an unusual creature bounding across the road in Big Muddy River. Uh-oh. About 50 miles from the preacher's initial sighting. Although he uh, 
you know, was it negligent to provide a de- detailed description of the animal he saw. He was sure it was not a panther. Later, a hunter spotted a mysterious animal track along board, uh, more northworthy of the western Okawa River. That's why I don't know. Okay. Several alleged witnesses described the animal jumped in from place to place, leaping to some that lead the uh, can't talk today, leading some people to suspect it was a kangaroo who escaped from a zoo. Okay, now wait a minute. Let's go back to our first story of the, these things using their tail to spring forward. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the same same deal here? We're dealing with the same type of thing, or is it just like a locomotion thing that just happens naturally when you got a big strong tail? That you can do this with. Mm. Or is it the same creature we're dealing with? Is it or is it not? I don't know. So, yes. And there's tons. You know, a lot of them, we covered a lot of the lower ones already on the first episode of this. Sorry, this episode was a lot of reading. I know some people don't enjoy that. But he did such a good job writing the article. Yeah. I wanted to use it. At least most of it. Uh, so, yeah. The dog man or vice versa. Yay or nay? Um, Gosh. <sighs> I don't. I th- I think there's a sliver of yay because I think Dogman is such a wide range of what Dogman yeah, actually is. And we've said that with Dogman and Sasquatch. Yeah, you know, Dogman is a mix of probably hy- people seeing hyenas. I, I mean, it's a it, whole category of people uh, like, oh, I seen a hyena. Yeah, it's Dogman. Mm-hmm. No, you could have just seen a hyena. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different little things you can cut a dog man up into and be, mm-hmm. you same know, this Bigfoot. Same, yeah, same thing. So is there a crossover in this? Yeah, absolutely. I do believe that. Yeah. I mean, this is so similar. Yeah. And there is that one we did in the first episode of the, I can't remember if it was Oklahoma or Texas that had an actual devil monkey that was killed. Okay. Do you remember I showed you the picture? It was, it was a baboon. Yeah. It was an actual baboon that people have been seeing and it was killing livestock and it was baboons further size can kill a lot of big things because yeah, they just they're pretty scary and rip. Yeah. I mean, little monkeys are scary. I mean, there's that video of this guy that's sitting on the sidewalk playing with little monkey mm-hmm. and it gets mad and it bites the top of his skull and like literally skins the top of his skull. Gosh, like a big strip, like a I banana. Punch that thing so hard. Oh, there was punched it right in the face. I just seen another guy that was like, you know, like we talked about these tourist destination with these monkeys. Yeah. And this monkey came up and tried to steal stuff from him. And the guy, like, squared up with it, and the monkey went out, and he punched it in the face. Yeah. And they all took off. Yeah, yeah. That's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. But you're not allowed to do that in a lot of those countries. Like, you're not oh, supposed yeah, to touch should, them. Yeah. Like, they're, they're... You shouldn't feed them either. No, but, I mean, that's just kind of what happens. Yeah. But, yeah, they're protected, and you can't do nothing about them. And it's that's, that's a bad precedent, you know, to set. Like, yeah, we'll just let these guys run around everywhere doing whatever they want, and you can't do anything about it yet. I'm going to square up, punch it right in the face. So my next little thing of what could be happening mm-hmm. is the introduction of baboons. Mm. And we kind of covered that. And we've talked about it with the early, you know, and this may not account for some like the Anthena legends and stuff like that. Right. The right. Ancient ones, but it could, because a lot of, I mean, like I said, those were written down in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. People have been visiting that place since the early 1700s. Right. And what have you talked about in a lot of these like skunk ape and the first one, a lot of these ships had chained up apes and monkeys. And brought them right over. For entertainment yeah. on these voyages. Yeah. And a lot of times when they got someplace, they'd release them mm-hmm. because they were apes and monkeys chained up to a ship. Not something you really want to keep around you for know, very long. You throwing poop and, like, they talked about the silverback chimpanzee forever. Yeah. That were chained up on these ships. And we didn't discover the bonobo for, like, till re- relatively recently. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what they had was bonobos chained up. 
That's crazy. So what if this is some type of primate that was brought here in the early 1700s? Well, with that that account, with what was it that starts the A? I can't remember. The one where the they Athena? Yeah, where they went into the caves and they smoked them out and then stabbed yeah. them one by one. That one I the Catanani, I believe. Yeah. Where they're playing with the head. That one all made me feel from the whole time like Baboon. It, something like that. Yeah. Just very some baboon. primate. Yeah. Just very animalistic behavior. But the the only thing that's like kind of weird or like supernatural about it was just them abducting people like silently. That was the only way. Unless they're just masters. But like I said, baboons steal yeah. babies out of huts no, without yeah. people knowing. Mine's mine's more the part where the guys would, you know, wander off, you know, just away from the fire and then just once again, oral on. tradition. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, so stuff can become inflated over time. True. Or misinterpreted. It only takes one bad storyteller. Oh yeah. To mess up the whole line. Everything. Yeah. Telephone. Yeah. So there could be, you know, it could be that they wandered too far away or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know though. But this whole idea that this it depends on how ancient these stories actually go. Right. You know, and I don't know if they're a couple hundred years old. That's what it mostly seems like. Mm-hmm. The earliest one I got is from 1823 as recorded. Right, right, right. And who knows how long they had it as an oral tradition before that. No. And, and yeah, exactly. And Native Americans imagine what the stories they could tell. So is it 100 years old? Then that would fit mm-hmm. with an introduction of baboons. Mm-hmm. Can they survive the cold? I'm not as sure if they can survive the Yukon or the, you know. Well, I mean, if they get their cave system and they if, if they've been there too. a while, I mean, they might have adapted and figured it out, you know. I, it's hard telling it. What if there was an ancient primate, you know, that was home here, and these guys are just the last few remaining little sections of it? I well, don't know. So what are you going with introdu- the introduced baboon or similar primate? Well, I think it's possible. Yeah, for sure. I think specifically this may be more towards the lower ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the you know, the continental U.S. And yeah, stuff if, like you, that. if you bring one over from, on the ship, I don't think it's, yeah, I agree. It's not getting up in northern Canada and making its home. I mean, there's people going up there and stuff like that. I mean. Uh, yes, but, but I don't think a um, primate is. do very good. Yeah, I don't think so. They'll make it where, where they're used to. So you've already kind of said this, but an existing North American species. Yeah, that's where I think a lot of this falls under. Like we talked about in the first episode of Devil Monkey's that there was a lot of what North America is missing. It's primate. Mm-hmm. Every other pretty much continent besides Antarctica has apes mm-hmm. as primates. I mean, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Doesn't have apes. Every continent besides North America in Australia and, and in Oracle, but Antarctica is missing a lot of other stuff. Yeah. We don't, we won't talk about that, but uh, North America and Australia are missing primates. Mm hmm. And Australia is a little bit more explainable. It's just now is kind of connecting. It's an isolated, to very isolated island. Yes, but North America, Asia has apes, mm-hmm. or sorry, primates. I keep doing that. Has primates, and South America has primates. Mm-hmm. So why did you know? Why don't we? And we did when that first episode we did, you know went into there was there was a whole bunch of apes here. Once again, primates, prime primates here that went extinct. So is this a holdover? Is this a uh, primate that survived, you know, its mass extinction into modern day and has become really reclusive? We know primates are very intelligent. You know, they can become very secretive. Mm-hmm. Baboons are awful creatures. Oh yeah, bonobos are very scary to be around. They mm-hmm. can be, but they're all extremely intelligent. Oh yeah, capable of hunting, planning. I mean, we're. I, think, I mean, they got their own little communities. I think it was. I think chimpanzees have entered the Stone Age mm-hmm. in nature. That they are getting to that point to where how much tool usage they have. Mm-hmm. They think we have some influence on that with them just observing us and being like, okay. Absolutely, yeah. Which is kind of cool. 
I mean, scary to think where it could lead, but it's pretty cool. It's better than AI, in my opinion. So this existing species could be a baboon relative. It could be its own thing. Uh, I mean, just think of snow macaques, you know, in Japan and stuff like that. The guys that little swim in the little hot springs that you yeah. see, that, yeah, those are. But they can handle the cold. I mean, they live. They pretty much live in a frozen wasteland oh, their oh, whole yeah. life. Oh yeah, it's just when they get that spa day. Mm-hmm. That's where you see all the cool pictures of them. Oh yeah, and they They're fight just, for that. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I no, would do. There's like it's a hierarchy. Yeah, a lot of the young ones aren't allowed in it and stuff like that. Nope, they're gonna pee in the pool. You're not allowed yet. So what if it's you know this crossed over on the first land bridge? They've been here for a long time. Very secretive. Very aggressive. Uh, so what's your thoughts? I mean, what if they were here before the land bridge? It was just something that was already always here. Like, uh, it could be. So well, I think when we talked about that first episode, that the North American primates seem to be more closely related to the Asian primates mm-hmm. versus the South American ones. Because South America, North America, relatively recently, as far as geology is concerned, touched. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It could be either way. It yeah, it could matter. be either way. And then, it could, and then you got the hybrid factor involved too. And it, we just don't know the history of what is or what could have been here so i i just i just think that though i think it was it is an just an ancient creature that's been here it's just low numbers secretive and they're just trying to make their own little niche in the world and And they're awful we keep infringing upon it and they get angrier and angrier it's our fault and same thing we kind of talked about with dragons and stuff like that going, you know, relatively either extinct or on the verge of extinction mm-hmm. due to hunting them, yeah. due to showing it's a type of like manhood. Like like King George slaying the dragon. Mm-hmm. I think it was King George. I don't know. Yes, he did. I think his was like triceratops like. Ah, yes. Like a big cow. He probably just killed a big cow. <laughs> Slap some horns on it. It was a hodag. It was a hodag. It, it was. A, they're all hodags. So what it you know it could be that could be an existing species that, mm-hmm. and especially if they were aggressive or intelligent, the humans of the time would have you know wiped them out. Oh, for I mean, sure. Anything dangerous, we did. Yep, that's what we do. We're good at it. Next one I got for you is a primitive species of human. Ooh. And the tailed aspect comes from oral tradition. They maybe not actually have tails. That it's more of just alluding at them being primitive, and they even this article kind of covered that mm. that the tailed man was. A way of villainizing or monsterizing a rival t- tribe. Gotcha. So, what if it's something along those lines? Okay, um, yeah, I can't rule that out. That's a good thought. I didn't think about that. And I don't think that goes as well for our modern day devil monkeys. Right. That's more of these oral tradition ones in the north. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Being more Differentiating wild or primitive the two. human. Right. They may have not been living in huts. You know, they may have not saying that they weren't genetically not different. Us, yeah. But that they are, you know, physically they were living a much different life. Aren't there people here, or not here, modern people that are born with, like, remnants of a tail? Yeah. So it's still, like, like it's... kids born with scales and stuff like that. <sighs> That's weird. So there's still stuff lingering. So I bet we, we have did... all the genetics of everything. I mean... I think my brother told me that my other brother was born with a tail, and they cut it off after he was born, but I think he was <laughs> growing up. You know, as I'm older now, I may question that a bit more, but growing up, I believed it 100%. Oh, he had a tail. I would tell people, my brother had a tail he was born with. I think my oldest brother may have been playing a joke on me. That's the oldest sibling's job. We did that with my sister. We told her we had a brother named that existed named Mark that lived in Florida, and he had a mustache. And she was always, for a couple years, she was pretty upset she never met our brother Mark until we, we revealed to her that we, jail. We, made all that, <laughs> we made all that up. The only girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's the youngest, yeah. Oh, had to be rough. Ready for my last one? Yeah, what's, okay, this is probably your main one, huh? 
I don't know. This one I got a pretty good mix on. Okay. Normally, I, you're right. I do do that. But yeah. Do you do? Do do. <laughs> Skinwalkers. Ooh. This legend of Skinwalker, Skin Changers, Wendigos, all this stuff with very scary, you know, human spiritual stuff. Yeah. What if that's what's happening here? We are dealing with skinwalkers taking the shape of something furred. You know, they're kind of this halfway between mm-hmm. human and something else. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just with the aggressive level and the debauchery level of these devil monkey encounters and stories, yeah, it would definitely play in that, that similar skinwalker type thing. I could see it in a certain sense. Um, the only reason I don't lean towards that is because the guy that was able to follow like a whole group of them you don't really typically see or hear about skinwalkers in groups or communities. No, there's always like they have apprentices and like they can. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I think especially out west, they've a lot of them have been killed. Like if you learn a skinwalker, isolated, name, yeah, you you have power over them. Hmm. If you learn their human name, oh okay, and so Dave. they yeah, well they isolate themselves because of that. Yeah, uh, and you know they're in your community. It's just I I think there is some of this to be in play. That, yeah, especially the more spiritual nature. If you want to take the uh, Anthena tribes legends to heart, that's more spectral. Okay. You know, the people getting grabbed, yeah, feet from the fire, and just you know vanished away. Mm-hmm. And this debauchery of the body and stuff like that. Yeah. Gosh, but then they're playing around with the head rolling. That's what I'm feet. saying. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I don't know. That and they never found the rest of the people's bodies. They just, they just disappeared. Found their head. Well, they're probably because they were probably because the, their bodies came out in poop for because they're eating the whole thing. That are being used in rituals, blood sacrifice, and oh, all gosh, that stuff. Yeah, that too. I'm probably burning them down in these caves. Probably find some molars down there if you looked hard enough. So, if you had to pick one, who are you going with? I'm going with the ancient race of primate. It's just here. I think I'm there with you. That's where I'm falling. Yeah. I think the dog man thing is kind of like. Could it be an overlapping of all these things we just talked about? Yes. Now, all, almost all these I could consider, or maybe may a sliver of truth, but I think the main culprit. I think a lot of our southern devil monkey things could, you know, could be the introduced baboon yes. or, you know, a different ape. Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, they're awful as far as, you know, they're very intelligent mm-hmm. and they will eat you. They will <laughs> eat a baby. Yes, absolutely. They will take advantage. You know, they're very human. Mm hmm. Um, what else do we got? Oh, the, the skinwalker, sure, I could see playing some of this. Yeah, and a little small sliver. Even the primitive humans or the villainizing of other humans, especially yes. these old legends. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the anthropologists, that's what they suggested. It was the tail doesn't represent a real thing. It represents like the like the feathers in Quetzalcoatlus or right. the feathers in South American. This stuff. represents it mean it fly. has feathers. Yeah, it means it could fly. And we got, you got to remember that too with a lot of the oral traditions. Yeah, it's just symbolism. Mm-hmm. And it gets, can be mistranslated very easily. So, yeah, these tailed people. But I'm going with an existing species on the fringe. Yeah, I agree. Because North America is missing their, their primate. Mm-hmm. And here they are. They're aggressive, and they'll yeah. they'll rip your head off and roll around like a bowling and ball. I think they're probably on the verge of extinction. Yeah. Probably because they were so aggressive. And humans have proven that if you're aggressive and scary— you will We be, will find you. And we will spear you. And we will kill you. Yes. Whether you're a dragon— a giant ground sloth or a saber-toothed cat or uh-huh. a devil monkey. Or a devil monkey, exactly. We will kill you. Yep, it's going to happen. I have been the great and powerful mystery. And I have been Jay Clone. What was I? 928. Okay. Very specific number. Yes. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> we'll catch you next week with more exciting stuff. Bye! Bye.
Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash com. And don't forget, stay magical. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.